1: with you every step of the way here's your host greg peterson
0: today on the urban farm podcast we have peter burke of the daily gardener to talk about indoor salad gardening peter is the author of year-round indoor salad gardening he has been teaching gardening classes since 2006 when he started presenting workshops on indoor salad gardening square foot gardening extending the season garden and many more he also started the TheDailyGardener.com to support the need for specialized seeds for indoor salad gardening. Peter lives and gardens in Calais, Vermont with his family. Welcome to the show today, Peter.
2: Thanks, Greg, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely.
2: Great website. I've been looking at it and I really really like what you're doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to where you're at now? Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, Actually, um, I started organic gardening when I was uh, 17 years old when it was still the Organic Farming and Gardening magazine. And... um, uh I've been gardening ever since and I would say gardening up here in the north it's uh, it happens that right about the time the geese are flying overhead you get that feeling like oh it's all over you know and uh one of the things that I couldn't Freeze or dry or can or store in some way in my cold cellar or pickle is fresh greens. Mm-hmm. So around 2005, in that winter, I said, "Well, I've got to figure this out," and um, I started, uh, you know, with all the different ways you can grow greens like growing sprouts in jars you know like alfalfa and mung beans um i tried hydroponics i tried growing lettuces under lights and uh, I tried working with the greenhouse. And each one of them had their own particular problems. Um, you know, I I work a full-time job. A matter of fact, I work a 50, 60-hour-a-week job. So <laughs> I understand that one. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't really have time to, you know, to uh, do three washings for the sprouts or to watch over a greenhouse. or So I... Um, After trying all those things, I just on a whim tried growing the um, sunflower greens mm-hmm. and I had grown them before years ago and I grew of course a great big tray of them and, uh, and it was sort of a feast or famine and it was hard to find a place to put the tray and uh, just uh, you know I tried to grow it in a smaller uh, and I happened to have a bunch of these the half loaf bread pans the three inch oh bread yes bread right bread uh-huh.
1: bread.
2: And so I thought, well, I'll just try these. And at the same time, I tried the peas because I had read about pea shoots. What I found was that just by growing a small amount on a day or every other day basis, it didn't take up much room in my kitchen. It didn't take up much room in a sill, But I could keep a fresh salad going um, so that every day I could could harvest a fresh salad. And that was, you know... That just that just did so many things. Number one, it didn't take up much room. Number two, I didn't need any lights. I could grow it in the ambient light and it didn't matter whether it was a southern window or a northern window. It worked just as well. And um at that point I added radishes and then I added buckwheat and I I kinda had my basis of a really nice mixed salad, nice, you know, um, toss salad looking and I've got three boys and they're at home and they uh, were my best critics, you know. If um, you know, they look at a bowl of alfalfa greens and say, "Dad, this isn't salad. You can add it to a salad if you want. Right? Just don't try to make me eat this <laughs> like it's a salad, you know." So when I came up with these other greens, the the combination of those four—the sunflower, the peas, the radishes, and the and the buckwheat—they loved it. You know, they just said, "Oh, this is good salad," you know. And so I knew that I had found something that worked well not just in the logistics of it but also in the you know in the gourmet part in the the kids like it too right Mikey likes it so <laughs> And uh, so I went from there to actually we have a local co-op and they do uh, outreach for the community and mm-hmm. I, I asked him well would it be okay if I try to teach this as a class because I really knew that that's the way I would learn, is having other right. people do it and try it exactly. And and uh, that was that was so informative. It, it, it was, and it was so much fun because people were very excited about it. And so from there, you know, I and that's what's what started me thinking about writing a book about it. So that's how we went from from the first first uh, sprouts to, and I call them soil sprouts because I'm specifically growing them in soil, mm-hmm. not in jars, for, you know, for a variety of very good reasons, and and not the least of which is that they only require a, a watering once a day.
0: Oh, right. And the,
2: oh, wow. and the first four days, you, you don't need to do anything. Anything, yes. They're just in a dark place. Mm-hmm.
0: So your book is by Chelsea Green. It's called Year-Round mm-hmm. Indoor Salad Gardening, How to Grow mm-hmm. Nutrient-Dense Soil-Sprouted Greens in Less Than 10 Days.
2: Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it so workable is because of the short growing period. Right. And there. And the techniques that I use to to plant and to start them um, makes for that short growing season. No matter what else you grow, whether it's microgreens or whatever, right. You know, there's that's just an unbeatable combination. No lights, you know, and you don't really need to have uh, high temperatures. I like to say that that my greenhouse is my house full of greens. You know.
0: Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, I want to I want to read this quote that I found online. I think you said you wrote this. Mm-hmm. Year round indoor salad gardening offers good news. With nothing more than a cupboard and a windowsill, you can grow all the fresh salad greens you need for the winter months or throughout the entire year with no lights, no pumps, and no greenhouse. <laughs> Tell me more about that. That sounds that's fascinating. Good news, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> really good news.
2: <laughs> well, um,. I, I recently was doing a home show, and and one of the things that was a challenge for me is that you're in those big warehouses, and there's no way to really right. show a window. So I got to thinking, well, how little space could I really can I can I fit this into? Um, because I really want a visual, and uh, I ended up building a very small cabinet. It's it's um, you know it's uh, 20 inches wide and mm-hmm. 28 by. Uh, 72 inches tall, six foot tall. And there's four shelves, and then there's three little uh, shelves in the bottom where I have two doors to Mm -hmm. close it up for the dark. And that is all the space you need to grow... Just about 12 to 14 ounces of fresh greens every single day. Every day. You can actually, every day, yeah. And just by, you know, you you plant them and put them in the dark cupboard to start with. Mm -hmm. And then after four days, they're up about an inch and it might be 5 days depending on how warm or cool it is. You put them up on a shelf and then you replace those ones you took out with right. a new batch. And so that way you're just growing a little bit on a you know a daily or every other day basis. Mm-hmm. And and so it doesn't take a lot of time, you know, in a busy schedule, it doesn't require much in in the way of, of materials. I keep I have two boxes that I use that I call my tools, my most important tools, one's a, a seed box and one's my it's oh, well yes, apart. right. Okay, and uh, the soil box, of course, is moist and dirty, and all the rest And my seed box is nice and clean, and, you know, there's no moisture, I never put anything in there that's the least wet, just to keep the viability of the seeds. Mm -hmm. So, with those two boxes, I can move my whole garden operation into the kitchen and out of it, if need be. Every once in a while, I'll leave them under the table until my wife notices, you know. (laughs) But then (laughs) then they go back out up to my office, but... Anyway, you know, that makes it a, a really easy thing to work into a small house or an apartment, or even if you've got a big homestead kitchen, there's always the space is limited. I'd just like to emphasize that it's not really a toy garden. This isn't just, you know, if you were to extrapolate this into a yield per acre, which is sort of a farming standard. Exactly. <laughs> You would grow roughly and this is a low estimate two million three hundred thousand pounds of fresh greens per acre. So <laughs> oh, that's a low estimate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low estimate, and uh, because you know some things that I grow, and I recently added uh, uh, broccoli, uh-huh. and um, because of the uh, well, the, the the nutritional benefits of the broccoli have, are so well documented by um, the John Hopkins University. Yes, and uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it it's really astonishing how well that it's been scientifically, you know, right. researched right. into. The, this uh, antioxidant called sulforaphane is actually kills cancer cells, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're, they're um, and it has uh, oh fifty twenty to fifty times the amount of sulforaphane by weight. Broccoli and, broccoli uh, does. Broccoli sprouts, yeah. And wow. in the book Superfoods, there's a sidebar that says the super superfood. It says, <laughs> you know, broccoli sprouts have this, you know, 20 to 50 times. So that one ounce, even though you don't grow an awful lot in that little tray, that one ounce is a, is a really uh, a nutritional powerhouse. It's right. really important. So I think it's worth it to, for the space and the time oh, yeah. to grow them.
0: So let's start from the beginning. So you already yep. mentioned, you already 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 mentioned you have seeds and I want to talk to you. Well, let's go there. Where do you get the seeds from?
2: Well, there are a lot of places online. There's Uh a couple, you know, you probably know about Johnny's Seeds in in, uh, Maine and then High Mowing Seeds here in Vermont Mm -hmm. where I am. And then there's a Handy Pantry out on the West Coast. And um, if you're in Canada, it's uh, Mums Sprouts, M-U-M-M. And so there's a lot of reliable places, but I, I found that for my classes and to sort of make sure that I had the best that I could find, I just, I went shopping to different organic farms and mm. I get one from Nebraska and some from, from Vermont and, and just wherever and I'll buy a 50 or a hundred pounds of, of each seed. Yeah. So I offer those on my website, The Daily Gardener. Oh, very good. And. And you know, I I, uh, I bag them up in in quantities that work well for what we're doing, and and I bag them up in a in a two month supply, you know, and it's about a three and a half four cup bag of mm. of uh, seeds, and that's the the sunflower, the radishes, the buckwheat, and the peas, and these are all ones that I trial, of course, before I right. send them out, and I know that they're good, and you know, it's. But anyway, there's a lot of sources, and it's just <laughs> uh, if you're gonna if you're thinking about buying a quantity, make sure you buy a little first.
0: Exactly, and
2: then buy the quantity yeah. because, you know, from all those places that that I bought from, sometimes, you know, the the daikon isn't really as good as it should be, or you know, so you do have to use a little bit of caution when buying seeds. Right. Anything you buy from me, I've tested, and I know it's, it's oh, perfect.
0: perfect so. Great, so seeds pans to grow it in, what do you use for that?
2: I use a variety of things, but what I use in my classes is, is the, the six-inch by three-inch half loaf bread pan, Perfect. and it's two inches deep. And that's a good place to learn. It's mm-hmm. a good place to start, just to learn. Um, if for my garden at home, generally, I'll use uh, I, I like ceramic bowls. Um, I use sometimes uh, a an actually a stainless steel bread pan. Those are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I have some cedar boxes that I made that are you know the right to size and so I just to try different materials mm-hmm. that I think are are more natural and you know and, and certainly more you know reusable right uh, the bread pans you know they'll last for about ten plantings and then they start to crinkle and crackle yes so there's no um, there's no holes in any of these pans so you, you can use just a regular cereal bowl. You don't need to worry about drainage or anything like that.
0: Right. Perfect. So then, so we got the pans, we got the seeds, yep. the soil. What do you do for soil?
2: The soil is is a standard germination mix. It's it's what, you know, a gardener or might call a soilless mix. Mm-hmm. It's uh, peat moss vermiculite, perlite. Perfect. And you can get this anywhere by, by the bale or by the 20-quart bag. And uh, the only thing you have to watch is you don't want anything like a hydrogel or,
0: right. you know, something
2: you want- that's... That's that's um you know, something that's put in there to hold moisture for a potted plant, which mm-hmm. might be fine but isn't really appropriate yeah, for, food. for food.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So then we have the we have the pan, we've got the soil in the pan, mm-hmm. just sprinkle mm-hmm. the seeds on top and go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the the process is first you, you've got to soak those seeds. Remember, uh, we're, we're times yes. of the essence here, right. so we want to make sure that, that we give them a boost. We'll save two, three, four days by actually soaking those seeds, and mm-hmm. I'll soak them for anywhere from six up to 24 hours. And it's good to know that you have that kind of leeway because you know we're all busy, and you soak them for six hours, and by guess you can't get to them until the next morning, or maybe even the next evening. If it's going to be more than twenty-four hours, well, don't worry. You can you can pour the water off and let them actually start to sprout
0: and in up. Yeah.
2: And and still plant them and still still come up with um, uh, a good harvest. And I like to emphasize the, the <laughs> my motto is that you just can't mess this up.
0: <laughs>
2: you can do all kinds of things wrong mm-hmm. and still come up with a great crop. And, and I love to tell a story about my son, um, uh, Jake, who has helped me with this over the years. For And uh, he, uh, he dropped one of the pans of peas once, and it was one of the four by eight, one of the big pans. Yeah. And, you know, being a good kid, he went and got the dustpan and swept it up into the dustpan, but being a kid, right, he left the dustpan sitting behind the wood stove and totally forgotten. Four days later, lo and oh behold, goodness. I go back, there are the peas actually growing up out of the dustpan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, looking hale and hearty. So I'm telling you, you can throw these things on the floors and grow them in a dustpan if you, you know, that's how. Yeah. that's how, you know, you just can't mess it up. You know?
0: Perfect, so now fast forward four days, Mm -hmm. and you have this beautiful pan or pans full of Mm-hmm. Salad, what do you do, well, Where's the, what do you they look it? like
2: at that what they look like at that point is that they're completely yellow. Mm-hmm. you know what we're doing is you know what you would call forcing. We're, right. we're growing them in the dark we're encouraging them to to put up uh, a, uh, a long spli- spindly stem right And um, this is of course completely opposite of what you do for your regular garden yeah, exactly It's and I call it you know if your friends tell you you're doing everything wrong, just tell them yes, I am, and then serve them a salad in January. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the neat thing is, is that at that point they should be up all oh, about you know three quarter an in inch or so, and they actually um, after I put the moistened seeds on top of the soil, mm-hmm. and bury them. I don't put soil on top of them all. I put a piece of wet newspaper right on top of
0: them. Oh, right.
2: Okay, and that serves as the soil over the top. Mm-hmm. What that does is is it keeps those um, keeps the seeds moist and uh, and warm and um, it also keeps them a lot cleaner. So that, that little, those four days is really the key to having a fast-growing crop. Because when you bring them out, you know, after those four days, and you put them on the windowsill, and then you start to water once a day. You haven't had to water all four days, any of the first four days. But then you start to water once a day, and they green up in, you know, three to... Uh, Three to six days. It all depends on how big you want them and how desperate you are. But, (laughs) you know... Um, the things like um, oh, the peas and the radishes come up very quickly and they're they're something you can harvest any old time the sunflower had the hulls and I like to wait until that seed leaf actually opens up and drops the hull for me. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the buckwheat you know that has a very tight sort of triangular looking seed hull and it's not until those leaves actually sort of open up that those drop off so you only have to pick off a couple of the hulls.
0: Right, so then four or five days later, you're harvesting. Yep. Just cut um, them off I'll, and drop them in a bowl.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah. I, well, I rinse them. You know. Yeah. I always, with fresh water. I always rinse them. Um, they're pretty easy to clean. It doesn't require the um, well. If you've done sprouts in a jar, you know what I mean. And yeah. That job of getting the hulls off is can be a long one and uses up a lot of water. These you're basically are just going to rinse. Um, with fresh water. Then you just chop them up, and I was chopping them up a little, uh, on the stem end about a quarter inch, and then as I get up towards the greens end, um, you know, more like an inch or so. Uh, but the sunflowers, you actually just take a handful of them and throw in them in a sandwich if needed,
0: you needed to. Oh, know. nice, right.
2: And the same thing with the buckwheat. Uh, the well, peas, you know, you want to chop up.
0: And these got to be just jam-packed with micronutrients
2: oh yeah absolutely it's uh the the science of it is is you know they except for the broccoli nothing really has been that well researched so you know it's hard to make a claim about you know whether it's it's better than a regular the regular vegetable you know uh pea or the vegetable sunflowers or but you know our experience has been that that i think they're jam packed full of micro you know all kinds of nutrients yeah they call nutrient dense
0: yes exactly
2: You chop them up And then you just You know Make your tossed salad And of course I always like to grate a carrot Because during the winter I have Mm. lots of those And that's always great Yep And uh, But from there You can add anything You happen to have
0: Perfect So do you have any uh, Tips Your favorite tips From the book
2: well, it's sort of like choosing a child, you know. <laughs> Save a child. <laughs> but, but, um, well, it, p- it, choose a way. One choose of the things that was fun about writing this book was I got to do something that I always, you know, I love to read, but I, I tend to be a National Geographic reader where I read the captions and look at the pictures uh-huh. first yep. and decide whether I really want to, you know, read that whole story. <laughs> so if you go through my book and you read the captions, and the pictures from front to back, you 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 basically have the essence. And then to even go a little further, I put right in the center of the book is a quick start guide.
0: Oh, so nice! It's
2: just you know, it's just A to Z. This is what you have to do. And if you want to make a photocopy and put that on your fridge, you know, you've got a reference that you just look and say, oh, okay, now I do this. Now I do that. Mm-hmm and those are those are fun things, and then the last thing of course is is the story how how did I get to where I am you mm-hmm. know, what I'm doing and stuff so that's those are fun things about the um, about the but my favorite tip mm-hmm. in the book is what i call um well it's it's on the same thing as you can't mess it up right and if you um if you Forget to water something one day and you come back and the thing is completely wilted, then you get to you can perform sprout cPR uh-huh. and you just uh, water them and run them under cold water, put them in a plastic bag and put it in the fridge and they come mm. right back to life right <laughs> they are so hardy and yeah. that 's you know that 's thanks to the having the um, Having the uh, soil, you know, having right. them grown soil. exactly,
0: exactly. All right, I'm yeah. going to shift a little bit on you. Sure, go ahead can you talk about a time you failed and how you may have overcome that failure what you might learned from have learned from well,
2: it? The, Spr- the sprout the cpr of course is one of them oh I would yes, like to yes say, of well, course you know it wasn't because i forgot to water something <laughs> 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 where in fact i did and that's that's really the the nice thing about it is you have the, you have the leeway to right uh, And, you know, in the very beginning, you know, the biggest mistake I made was, of course, growing things in in big trays of having just too much at a time. And what I've come to appreciate with this Mm. is, is the absolute freshness of what you have in that salad bowl, because there's nothing. I mean, there is no green that you can get that's as fresh as this, other than what you pick out of your own garden. Right. But you know, during the winter months up here, you know, you are really even. And I and you know, this is no dig on 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 the the great farmers that we have who bring us fresh greens all winter long. But they are three days old or even right. three weeks old. Mm-hmm.
1: You
2: know, and and there is the nutrients in these in the greens that you are three or four or even three weeks old. You know it just it diminishes over time there's no way that that can be helped so when you're cutting those greens chopping them up putting in the salad bowl and having them they are absolutely the most fresh
0: they probably taste like explode in your mouth taste right absolutely great Yeah. yeah yeah so what do you consider your biggest success
2: well the the biggest success for me is that how how low tech the whole thing is mm. more or less you can do all this you have the, all of this abundance and you don't have to turn on a light switch you don't have to <laughs> pump anything you don't you know right. you can do this in an apartment you can do it any- anywhere that you have a window um and um you can you can grow all of your salad greens which is, I just think you know, sort of in the vein of the you know of, of of us all becoming agrarians, you know all farmers in in i think you in your website you talk about the eco village you know yep. a, a revolutionary approach mm-hmm. and i and I think that that's that's the way I feel about this is that's the greatest success is that it really is a revolutionary approach to everyone having a certain amount of food freedom and not being reliant on somebody else, one, but more importantly, just having the real pleasure of growing your own food. Yeah. I mean, that's really what got me started, is I just enjoy gardening, and I missed it during the winter. What I fell upon was something that it was just much bigger than I ever expected, hmm. much more, you know, it was just like, wow, this is so fantastic, I can't believe it, you know. Nice. And that's, that's when I, I had to teach it and show it, and,
0: right. you know,
2: I sent it to my friends and said, okay, you have to try this, I want yeah. to see it'll
0: work for you well and just a kudos out, shout out to you this is a Chelsea yeah. Green book they published it and yeah. you know that's a big deal in our, in, in our realm and what we do getting published by Chelsea Green you, you must so be doing something right
2: they're the nicest folks, and yeah. I really enjoy working with yeah. them. And they, they, they make a commitment to you that this just. Uh, and and my daughter has published a book on her own uh, about Ayurvedic medicine, and I tell her, oh, well, Jessica has helped me with this, and they helped me with that, and you know, um, and she's like, wow, they're doing that for you. <laughs> so they're just great people. I mean, right. they're living. They're living the. They're living the life, you know. Nice. And it was fun when I went down there the very first time. I I did my workshop and had them all plant a tree. You know, oh, so nice. they could see and feel my enthusiasm right. for it. And, yeah. and so they really got the bug. I mean, they they were just great. Yeah. Just, just so much fun.
0: Sweet. So yeah. here's a deep question for you. What drives you? Like, what's your big why?
2: Well, you know, my hobby, my passion really has been gardening. So all of this is really... Um, an extension of that something that I just really enjoy you know Mm -hmm. and and so when I go home and I get to water my plants it's not a labor it's just a labor of love it's something that I just really enjoy and um, you know I love salads hello great salads that really was a lot of fun and that's why we garden I mean there's times when my wife and I sit down to a meal and we just look at each other and shake our heads you know we couldn't go out and get this right. you could not go to any restaurant and have this this is the best you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and that's just the, the, the real pleasure of gardening is, is yeah. having those moments when you just think yeah this is better than going out I'll the dishes no problem. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I hear in all of this? Yeah. I hear peace. You seem very yeah. peaceful around all of this, which is that's Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it's um, it's a uh, it's a fun thing to do and and you know, it's empowering on one level, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I just uh, I just have so much uh, real joy in it. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, I don't know if you've seen the cover of the book. But it's a it's a picture that my stepdaughter sent me from Prince Edward Island, and she took this up and and because she was up there, it was really hard for her to grow a garden, Uh and uh, she started uh, she started growing them for her and her husband, and uh, I you know I sent uh, oh hundreds of. Of pictures to Chelsea Green, and lo and behold, you know, here is the picture from Claudia, of of her garden up there, and and that's the the real charming part of it is just seeing other people actually do this and enjoy it as much as I do.
0: Yeah, uh. yeah, that's, that's always a bonus. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm all about education, and I have to know: is there one book that has been influential in this part of your process? Obviously, besides your book.
2: <laughs> well, uh, long before my book, and, and I think that uh, well, really, it was both the books, uh, the Square Foot Gardening by by Mel Bartholomew, right. and Excellent I read book. the one by uh, yeah John Jeeves, you know, the Grow right. More Vegetables book, yeah. which is both those came out and and really introduced to America the the French intensive method and and just get you thinking differently about how you how you garden. You know, um, that was really great. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I got Mel Bartholomew's book in 1981, uh, you know, I've just added new beds every year to the point where I have about 50 4x4 four four beds and then some <laughs> wow, 4x8s. You know, and, and uh, you know, we just, we have a blast, you know, what are we going to do? And, and as you and I were talking about before, there are successes and there's failures, yeah. you know. There are bugs and, you know. <laughs> And there are years when I can't grow a zucchini. Can you believe that? Yeah. Last year I couldn't. I could not grow a zucchini. I mean, that's usually supposed to be the easiest thing to grow. I
0: know. Remember Isn't that I'm amazing sure? how that happens sometimes?
2: <laughs> but you know, on the other hand, I had more tomatillos, than I knew what to do with. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Well, at least tomatillos are are culturally worth more than zucchinis. You could trade them <laughs> well. for a lot of zucchinis. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I and I make a, a a tomatillo salsa that you that's just to die for. It's absolutely fantastic. Nice. Event. Nice um, So those two books really um, And of course I do have to thank the Rodale people um, Yes For their, you know, for their uh, At that time it was organic farming And, gardening, mm-hmm. and you know, the many books that, that have come out on gardening uh, From them Are just, uh, yeah Yeah, from them and, and from all the way around, you know Right So th- those have been the two books though Those ones are And that magazine have been the ones that have really been a big influence for me
0: Perfect So do you have one final piece of advice for our listeners
2: oh I do it you know don't hesitate you cannot mess it up you know just to you know you will be so surprised at how easy it is to do yeah um you know it's uh
0: and if you do, um, and if you do mess it up you can eat it <laughs>
2: that's it right? that's it, yeah, that's it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know they can contact me um you know it's the davidgardener.com. um uh, dot com perfect that's all you know it's all one word and yeah. uh t d garden you know t is in thomas d is in david garden at a o l dot com and you know there's you know anyone is really welcome to mm-hmm. uh to email me or to get in touch with Reach you out, through say the hi. contact uh, form on there. And,
0: well, you have and, lots of great resources on um, on your website. Can you spend a couple yeah. minutes and tell us about the resources you have available for us?
2: Well, the the main thing, of course, is the seeds, and then the photographs of the the sprouts. You know, day one through day seven. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I try to say that because when you first pick up that you know paper and you look underneath there, you say, there in no way it's going to be ready in seven days. Right. And then the next thing you know, you, they're up an inch because you've blinked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then they just keep growing, you know. And um, almost every time that I start it, I sort of think, is this really going to work that well?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, is it really as easy as I say it is? Yeah, it is. It right. really is. So...
0: Ah, oh, the I life of a the life of a gardener these days. It's all about experimenting, <laughs>
2: and in and, and in this case, it worked so well.
0: Yeah, perfect. Uh, so your website is thedailygardener.com. yep. All, and your email address?
2: Uh, TDGarden at AOL dot com. Perfect. So that's you know Thomas David G A R D E N. I mean, at At
0: AOL.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Peter. It has been a treat.
2: Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Greg, and keep up the good work. It's just so great what you're doing. Thanks. My hat's off to you.
0: Thank you. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast.